Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Level Up Podcast where we talk with folks that are gone to from agent to entrepreneur. And today we've got a great one who's gonna get some really good information to us. We've got Mr. Aaron Fox out of Century 21 Looking Glass, which comes to us from Lansing, Michigan. And uh, so Aaron's gonna bring us up to speed on exactly what he's been doing over the last 16 years in business. Aaron, welcome to the, uh, to the Level Up Podcast. Thank you very much, I appreciate it. Yeah. So for those of the audience that may not know who you are, kind of what your background is, um, can you kind of set the stage for us in terms of, you know, where you started, how you got into the business and um, bring us up to, to present day on what you're doing? Yeah. So, um, you know, fresh out of college, I started uh, actually with the state of Michigan, working for the Department of Corrections, uh, union job. Um, really quick, I realized that that wasn't for me. Um, not only is it a super negative environment, yeah. but the, the pay is, um, you know, it, it's a union job. So everyone gets paid the same. And so, um, I, I started getting antsy and I started looking at other things to do. Um, you know, where the, the entrepreneurial mindset, you know, could, could not only make me more money, but also, you know, enjoy going to work. Right. Cause that was one of the big things is I, I love to go to work every day. Now, back then I didn't, I hated yeah. it. And so, um, Came across real estate as a potential career, did some research, got my license, did both for a couple years um, with a different brokerage, and then uh, made the switch in 07 to real estate full-time. You know, worst time in history to make that switch, but, um, you know, going from a steady every two weeks paid paycheck, but I haven't looked back. And it's been um, every year my volume was going up um, in production and then got into management of... um, with the Century 21 brand back in 09, middle of 09. Um, enjoyed that, you know, still in the downturn, but things were things were going well uh, for my personal business in the office. Then got into ownership, uh, you know, roughly almost seven years ago, uh, six plus years ago. Um, from that point, we've, you know, grown exponentially. And so we've now got four locations, um, you know, 60 plus agents, and you know we're just trucking forward into 2020. Awesome, awesome. So um, one of the things that I that I noticed was interesting is you you mentioned um, the environment that you that you left, and I can imagine that that is in the corrections department. I can imagine that that is every single day. Like there's probably not a lot of positive stuff, and you know it's always just that environment's a tough one. And you're working next to people where you're always compensated the same no matter what the other person's doing. So was when you decided to make that jump, um, what was probably the, what was the biggest driving factor in saying, okay, enough's enough. I've got to actually take control of what I'm going to do going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were a couple. Um, the flexibility of schedule was mm-hmm. one. Compensation was a, a pretty big one. But the, the biggest for me at that point was, um, and you can't put a monetary value on it, happiness and going to work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how that affects your home life, you know, personal life, um, you know, in real estate, you can have a great day, you go home, you have a great night. 
or if you have a great night, you can go home and have an early morning. It depends on, you know, what schedule you're working um, and how busy your clients are keeping you in that environment. It was always negative. And then that, Mm -hmm. that carries over into the personal life and, and there is no value to put on that. It's exponential. Yeah. So you got in, started part-time and then at, at what point did you know that, okay, now I've got, cause there's, I would say that everybody knows the turnover rate for people to get a, a license and get into business. It's probably less than 50% are in business a year later. And a lot of those have tried it full time. So you started at part-time, the odds are even stacked even higher against you for being successful. At what point did you know, or what did you need to know that you could say, okay, now I can make the jump. Did you get a, a pipeline built up or did you have some some habits that you developed and said, okay, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel or, or where did you make that transition to full time? Um, so from day one, I had had a, a rough exit strategy for my state job, okay. but it wasn't until probably the second or third deal that at that point I knew that I could be successful in this. And it, that's when I really buckled down and I, I said, here's my pipeline, here's my long-term goals, my one-year goal, three-year, five-year, and, and stuck to it. And holding myself accountable to that timeline and to those goals was the key. Okay. And making sure, you know, recognizing the, the pipeline, I wasn't going to hit that goal if I wasn't working, you know, those long days, both jobs, mm-hmm. to hit that goal at that point, which was, you know, roughly two and a half years out at that point. Yeah. So you had, you had a couple of deals so you could see, okay, I can work through a transaction. I can find a buyer, fire and seller, get a deal closed, get a check, but it doesn't sound like you had done, um, you know, you, you spent two or three years part-time until you saved every check and then could go like, you still were taking a leap of faith at some point when you made oh, that. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, at that point, um, in my life, my, most of my commission was thinking longer term. And so mm-hmm. I was using that to build my pipeline. Yeah. Um, yes, I, you know, I didn't, didn't save it all, but, uh, um, I, you know, I had the pipeline where, um, just about exactly where I had hoped and planned on it being, um, you know, again, we, we all saw a downturn coming in 07. Mm-hmm. We didn't expect it to Wasn't go where it did. Yeah. 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 And so, um, you know, we were thinking correction at the time, not a yeah. crash. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that you can't necessarily plan for that, that big of a, um, a change, but, um, you know, a lot of it came down to personally budgeting, um, along with setting up my business plan, because mm-hmm. if you don't do both at the same time, you're not going to be successful. You know, even if you're not making that transition. Yeah, for sure. Because the, the one thing we know is the market's always going to change. And like you, I got in about the same time, 2006, and it was a little weird. Like 2007 was a little bit, you know, something's not right here, but it was, we had no clue that 2008 through 2013 was coming up ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, now looking in hindsight, and I'd be interested to see kind of your take on this, but I look back on it. I, I couldn't have chosen a better time to get into the business. And yep. is, is that, I mean, tell me, tell me your thought on that. Well, uh, no, I, I completely agree. It forces you or forced the agents that, that were at that point in their career during that time frame to, in my opinion, do the job right, do the job mm-hmm. well, and, and go the extra mile to retain those clients, to get those referrals, to be successful. Um, so many agents and, and a lot of people like to join the market in this type of economy. Yeah. Long term, if, if they're not doing their due diligence to always be better, and think of what it's going to be like in a downturn. 
um, they're, they're not doing themselves any any benefit. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was actually a blessing for me personally to come into the market at that point. Yeah. yeah, I think a couple of things as I look back on a couple of things that I know were, were um, just so important that I was forced to learn was you you had to learn skills at that period of time because mm-hmm. the consumers, um, their level of doubt that they had not only in what was going to happen in the market, but what was happening with agents, mortgage brokers, all the stuff that had caused the crash. You had to be skilled at the com- the com- uh, the conversations you're having, and you had to offer solutions and uh, and have a lot of tough messages. So you were forced into that, and um, I think those that that started at that time and made it through um, probably came out the other end a little bit uh, a little bit more polished and and having a little bit better opportunity to to serve the client at a high level. Um, the other thing I want to point out is the fact that you did you know you didn't just save everything and then go okay now. I've replaced a year's worth of income. You still at some point had to make a jump and a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think it's important that people understand no matter what you're doing, where you're at in your career, if you're listening to this, just getting in business, haven't done a deal, don't even know where you're going to you know, um, land at in terms of a company, then you're going to make a leap of faith. If you are already doing X amount of deals and you're saying, you know what, I want to maybe go on my own. I want to open up a brokerage. I want to change what I'm doing. There's always a leap of faith involved in anything that's worth doing. There's, there, there's typically some risk, but you, you mitigated the risk by understanding, all right, I got some systems in place and I can be successful at this. Yeah, well, absolutely. Anything um, in life has a risk to it yeah. that's worth it. And um, I always caution whether it's business or personal, you've got to weigh those risk rewards and you've got to think it through the, you can't go rough shot and decide, Oh, you know, I had closed three deals. I'm going to quit my job. You know, what do you have in your pipeline for the next month? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, that's always the biggest risk. If you spend the time, set the plan and make the um, decision beforehand thinking out, you know, whether it's six weeks, eight weeks, six months, two years, um, that's going to help determine your success. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we see it all over the agents that, you know, it, it's easy, but then if the well dries up for those easy ones, they don't know what to do to get the next one, the hard yeah. ones. Yeah, for sure. And and we're in it. We've been in that market for the last five or six years, people coming out of, you know, doing anything and, yep. and they roll in and you've got your centers of influence. And, and even if you don't do that, you've got so many transactions going around that they're just jumping in the middle of stuff and bypassing the skills. And that's mm-hmm. what happens usually every, every cycle is we'll, we'll call off 30, 40% of the, the agents in any given market because it's, it is still a skill-based business. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, when, so you, you had some level of success. What, at, at what point did you start looking and saying, maybe, maybe continuing to just focus on production isn't um, the route that I want to go. Maybe I'm looking at something more because you mentioned that you took a management role and that evolved in an ownership. What was the shift that took place from um, producer to now um, getting into a different role for yourself? So um, I had always tried to stay on the curve or ahead of the curve, especially technology wise, you know, what, what's the upcoming the next big thing. Mm-hmm. How could it make my job easier? Work less, make more. Um, 
And when I first realized it, um, the broker at the time had asked if I would teach a class on a subject and got in the class and loved it. And, and that um, there, there was an immense pleasure just to, to run the, the class, see how the agents interacted and the benefit they got from it. And so then I volunteered to do more and then, um, you know, became the um, a focal point for agent questions. And it may not be on the classes that I was teaching at the time and found out I enjoyed that, even if they weren't easy conversations to be having or tough situations for the other agents mm -hmm. um, and a deal they had going. And, and then it just kept evolving. And then um, I got to the opportunity to have the ownership and, and that's the ultimate in it. You know, you're, you're, you're the end all be all. Um, my partner and I are when, with those tough conversations, but also mm -hmm. that training and the, the, the good stuff too, you know, those great smooth deals that the agents you know, took advantage of the training that we offer to help close that deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So are you, did you guys, when you're at, uh, when we talked before we started recording, you've got about 60, 65 agents now. Yep. Okay. And what kind of growth is that look like? Where did you start with when, when you got involved in terms of um, the ownership? So we were in the um, high 30s at that point. Okay. Um, so doubled in size. Yep. One office. Um, you know, when I got into ownership, we sat down doing our business planning and we set our, our pillars. You know, what were we going to be known for? What were we going to, what was our value package going to be to our agents? And we knew it was going to be a longer term process, mm -hmm. you know, offering environment, offering services to go along with compensation. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a harder, harder to recruit too. Yeah. And, um, you know, being selective on what agents we bring on board, not just hiring everybody that comes in the door. All of those, you know, we recognized when we were making our business plan that that was going to be a longer term success. Mm -hmm. So fast forward several years, we're seeing that. You know, we were more selective on new agents we brought on. They're having those successes year two, three, four, and five now. Mm -hmm. um, and and the market's recognized, you know, so that makes recruiting existing agents, established agents much easier. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's why um, across the board, you know, this year, I think we've added 15 alone okay. between experience and brand new agents. And for our marketplace, um, you know, that's a really good number. Yeah, yeah. So you guys... Um when you sat down and put the business plan together, of course, you've got to figure out, all right, if we're going to be an office, then what is our value? Because in, and this is a good, this is probably a good conversation for people to listen to, even as agents, that Absolutely. if you don't have your value packaged together and you don't know what you bring to the consumer, then you only have one value and you only have one thing to sell and that's your price. And that's yep. why agents continue to get pushed down in, in commissions and in everything else, because if they're not clear on what their value is, then you're, you're selling based on price. And as an owner, then you probably recognize that. So what did you guys determine was going to be, what is the value package um, today that, that an agent needs when they're deciding who to come work for? So for us, our first um, pillar was environment. And we want to, I will not ever work in a negative environment again, and I won't let my offices be that way. And so any agent, whether it's new or existing, has to fit in with our dynamics. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when our offices get together, it, it's always an amazing time. And some of the agents don't see each other for, you know, the year, or they only see each other at the barbecue in the summer or the Christmas party. But 
regardless of their backgrounds or their histories, they all get along well and they all help each other out, which, you know, that makes my heart full just to see that because mm-hmm. that was, that was first and foremost, what we had looked at. The second was services. Um, whether it's a, a degree marketing director who's handling social media or admin staff to handle a lot of the paperwork or transaction management systems, um, taking all that work that keeps the agents in the office versus out in the street selling homes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and we come up with a lot of great ideas and in our minds, um, you know, there's a base for them because both my partner and I have experienced selling, mm-hmm. but then we take it to our agents and say, this is what we're thinking. Do you see a benefit in it? And they're the ones that make the final decision. Right. And um, so that would be number two. And then number three is compensation. Um, you know, in our marketplace, um, in my opinion, we offer the most services, the best environment. And this year we rolled out a cap structure, which, um, you know, there's always differing opinions of that, but in our marketplace, we're the only traditional franchise that offers that. And so, um, it's really tough to be our full value package. Yeah. So, so the two, two things that those first two that you hit on, I think are, are so, so important with the environment because there's, there's a trade-off and you can, and we see this all the time and in, um, agents that are doing, you know, they're fairly successful, but then you hear them talk about like, I'm doing all this on my own. I'm figuring all this stuff out. And I go into an environment where people are like, you know, I'm, I'm the black sheep of it. So I think the environment, not only does it make it better, just life for the agents, but it shows that you guys um, have got a place where somebody can go and find their role, find their niche. And I think that's, I think that for most agents, that is still important. It's not just about what, you know, my top line split is. It's about, am I, am I part of something that is, um, you know, has got a little bit bigger mission and that I want to go in and be a part of every day? Oh, oh, absolutely. And, and, and within that environment, you know, we lumped in, you know, broker availability, which we track every month and mm-hmm. we po- post it out there to our agents. This is how many hours we were available for questions with our management team. Our agents know they, you know, not to hesitate to reach out to us if, if they have questions. It doesn't matter, you know, how complex the questions are. Um, you know, the old adage, there is no stupid question. Um, we we believe in that um, wholeheartedly. And with our new agents, you know, coming off the street, having that environment fosters their success too, because mm-hmm. they're not afraid to ask an experienced agent and that experienced agent is not afraid to help. And in a lot of environments, you don't get that in this industry. Yeah, for sure. So you guys, you, you make the agents aware that you're available. And I, I know like I, there's a that correlation between how quickly a, a new licensee or even somebody coming over that maybe is experienced, but isn't, isn't experiencing the type of production that they want there is a direct correlation between how much that person's involved in and engaged with whoever's coaching them or training them um, and how quickly they get started. Like it is a, you've got to have a challenge, ask for help and then act on what they tell you to do. Otherwise you're just going to, you know, you're just going to spin your wheels typically trying to figure it out on, on their own. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're, we, we track just about everything and, um, when we revamped our, our process back, um, you know, five, six years ago, one of the things that we were failing at was training agents. 
new agents, existing agents. And so we've revamped our whole training program. We modulized it and um, reinforced that broker availability. And so industry average, you know, less than 15% of agents are going to be in the business in five years. Mm-hmm. Well, we're over 65%. And, and we have the, the data to back that up. And that, in my opinion, again, ties into the environment aspect, but it's our environment and training program to help lead to that success. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about something I think is important for people to understand if they're, if they're listening to this and kind of wondering, you know, from different points of view, what's my value package to my agents or um, what do I need to be looking for? If I am an agent, you and your partner are, were both producers and then transitioned to management and then ownership. And now you're leading the pack going forward. Why is that in your mind? Why is that important? Well, I, I think there, there, there's a lot of different reasons. One is the functionality of the process, you know, whether it's um, why there was photo syndication issues. We've dealt with them. Mm-hmm. We, we know how to fix them. Um, two, it's how to deal with the difference, different clients. Um, and just like dealing with agents, there, there are so many different personalities. You've got to be able to, to adapt to those. But Odds are we've seen just about every type of client out there between the one, um, my partner and I, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's an angry seller, angry buyer, a, a disenfranchised client, um, we've seen it, we've dealt with it. And so that helps us relate to the situation versus the cookie cutter answer of, you know, this is what it should be. Or yeah, this customer's always right. Or, no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then um, being able to handle those deals. I mean, we're never going to know everything in this business. Anyone that claims to know it all. Um, you know, honestly, they're, they're, they're messing with you, mm-hmm. but we've seen a lot of it. And, and so this is the thinking three, four, five steps down the road. Yes, this is a possible solution, but here's your best long-term solution. You know, whether it's prospecting or uh, business planning or just dealing with an angry client. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, along with the, the being able to relate to the tools and the, the negatives aspects of our business, you know, the scheduling or time blocking, you know, availability to clients. Um, I I think it puts more credence into what we say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I just had a conversation yesterday with, so Greg and I opened a real estate school in our Charleston market um, first quarter of 2019. And so we've been kind of slowly building those classes up and I usually will come in and just have a, a 30 minute conversation in their last week just answering questions and stuff. And one of them asked a really good question yesterday, which was in your experience, why do people kind of wash out of the business? They know, they know what the statistics are. 50% of the people in this, they get a license aren't in the business doing real estate in 12 months. And so they asked what, 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 why does that happen? And the answer was because of course we've thought about this a lot. The answer usually is because most of the people that get into business don't come from a direct sales background. So they're coming in from somewhere else. I didn't, you didn't. Um, They're being coached and trained or managed by people who typically didn't sell at a Mm -hmm. high level or at the level that the new person wants to achieve. So now you've got somebody coming in without experience. You've got somebody coaching them that didn't really have experience. And then we throw in the, their independent contractors. And then there's this weird, well, they can't tell me what to do. And then the broker owner managers go, well, I can't really tell them what to do. So go figure 50% of the people wash out of business. And I think with, with where 
you guys are coming from, having that experience and that perspective gives you a, a unique advantage for being able to, to have some credibility with those people and get them the, to buy into what you're doing because you're not coaching and, and training from a philosophy or from a textbook. It's mm -hmm. from experience. Is, is that fair to say that's kind of what you guys are doing? Oh, absolutely. And, and that kind of ties in with our services because, um, yes, I can absolutely help business plan and, and help develop the tech side of somebody's business plan. But we also have um, our director of development is a professor at a local university mm. who is a marketing professor. And so his strength is more, you know, neighborhood mailers and, and how to choose what the best neighborhood to go to try uh, to capture all that business is and being able to all work together helps all that mm -hmm. and and also see the downfalls of you know sitting back to wait for the phone to ring or doing just pigeonholing yourself into one referral source or one marketing plan or one style of marketing within a marketing plan mm -hmm. yeah makes sense so what what's on your three to five year plan right now you know we're at the we're at the tail end of the fourth quarter of a decade mm -hmm. and you know we We've got in at the, a, a very crazy time, and we might have a very crazy time in the next 10 years. So what do you have on the agenda for the next three to five years with your business? Yep. So we're going to continue to recruit. We're going to continue um, to foster the great environment and build our agent's business, first and foremost. Um, with that, their success will lead to the company's success, and that makes all the other aspects easier. Um, do I see us having a couple more locations in the next couple of years? Definitely, potentially. Um, our, we expect to see our agent base grow. Um, we, you know, total volume, we expect to con, uh, continue to grow. This year, we're up 53% in transaction count, 50% in volume year over year. So um, we, we don't expect those numbers for the next decade. Um, but um, if we keep on the management um, owner side, keep doing our job, those goals become much more attainable. Mm -hmm. um, do I ever see us having 500 agents and 20 offices? No. Um, I think that would take away from our environment a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe if we have the right partners in those locations, that might change too. Yeah, sure. So so how do you guys, um, how do you answer this question? Because I get this a lot now and, and a lot of it I think is because we're, we're kind of in that environment with a lot of new people that we're being exposed to with the school and stuff. But how, do you, how would you answer the question that somebody asked now of, you know, Seems a little like maybe we're at the end of a, a cycle in the real estate world or there's you know, so many people in. How do you answer the question is like, is it a good time for me to get in the business if it's that person that's out there? Or maybe the person that's wondering, you know, what do I need to do? Because I'm, I'm in it, but I'm just like, what's missing that I'm that I need to do to find the find the success I'm looking for? How would you answer that? Yeah, well, the first would be, do you have the right environment? Whether it's to learn or to push you for success, um, to help drive you. Anyone can provide all the tools to be successful, but if the, the agent themselves don't have the drive to make those phone calls, do those follow-ups, show those houses, do that prospecting, um, that's gonna limit their success. But having the right environment and the right tools offered can make that a lot less work, much more mm -hmm. easier. and. Yes. Do I expect our market to um, slow down a little bit? You know, 
in the next six to 12 months. Absolutely. Now is a great time because you can see the, the easy part of it um, and build your base so that when the market does change, you can full steam ahead through it and, and have um, the base to be successful long term. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And that's, that's, that's a fact is you grow market share in a down market. There's just mm -hmm. not about it. And yep, absolutely. You know, you've got to, you've got to do more to get the same in a market like we've been in for the last, you know, depending on where you're at last five, six, seven years. And then if you build those skills and those habits, and to your point, you've got a great environment around you and you're listening to the right people. Then when there is a shift, and you got a little less competition because the lazy people get out of the business, then boy, you, that's, that's really when you, and you see where people can, uh, can explode in terms of their production. So yep, absolutely. That's, that's a great point. So um, we're just, just about ready to wrap it up here. So I, I appreciate you getting on. It's a lot of really good information um, that I know people are going to take advantage of. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, they're in the Lansing area and they're thinking about, you know, maybe getting into the business or trying to make a change. How do they get a hold of you? The best way, same as I tell all my agents, call me or text me, 517-404-0050. Um, um, much like every agent out there, my phone's always on my on my hip or in my hand. Um, and unless I'm with a client or one of my family nights, I respond right away. Great, great. And uh, if you are in a different part of the country and you've got uh, folks that are either coming to uh, the great state of Michigan or they're they're moving on and, and um, you can send some referrals over to um, Aaron. I'm sure he'd be appreciative of that. That and, would be wonderful. Yeah. And so as always, um, you can reach me best way is through Facebook Messenger. And please do us a favor. Go ahead and hit subscribe on the podcast and um, give us your feedback. If there's things that uh, other topics, other guests that you think would be good for this audience, you know, it's from agent to entrepreneur. And we want to have all within that, uh, within that realm. We love getting feedback on uh, what you want to hear and good or bad. We're okay with it. And that helps us continue to get more guests and great uh, contributors um, like Aaron. So I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to catch up at uh, a C21 event here soon. That sounds great. I look forward to that. Sounds great. All right. Thanks so much. And uh, until the next time, we'll, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Thanks.